The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What's going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for the Byron Nelson Classic. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, the Canadian Pitbull, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you this week, brother? I'm doing good, man. Back at it again. We uh, The Rory Redemption, I guess, if you will, for, for a guy that not as many people liked. I know some out there were on him, but uh, I certainly was not one of those. So we'll talk about that in a second. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself 10 bucks off your first month. I'll talk more about what I've got going on over there at the end of the podcast. But yeah, Kenny, this was it, man. It was uh, it was Rory week for sure. I guess the one thing I overlooked particularly, I know that the Masters had patrons, some some there, and the players had some fans, but a super pro Rory crowd at Quail Hollow. And he said, you know, he'd feed off that crowd. I know it was Mother's Day yesterday. Shout out to all the moms, but uh, Rory certainly stole the show. Uh, had his daughter there, Poppy, you know, his wife, everyone was there to see it. So still good to see. Obviously it's, you know, it's Rory. It's not quite the same to me as when Spieth comes back and got his win, but uh, you know, still nice to see Rory back in the winner's circle after everything that he'd had going on lately. Yeah. So the one thing I did say last week was, that if Rory was going to be able to come back and, and show his game the way he normally is played, Quail Hollow would be the place to do it. Uh, and of course, I just didn't listen to my, you know, my thoughts and I, I faded him, uh, you know, so, so that was a little frustrating. We had a great win by him. Uh, I think the big thing of the week was what, uh, him talking about how he's changed his off the tee game a little bit. Didn't necessarily help too much on the accuracy front. Uh, but the thing is like, he only had a couple of, 
big misses. One was on 18th. Uh, but, uh, you know, his misses weren't as large as they've been throughout the year so far, hitting that cut off the tee. Uh, when Dustin Johnson changed primarily to the cut off the tee is when he did uh, most of his damage uh, throughout his career in the last, I'd say, five years. Uh, and this is something we could see from Rory. Uh, the thing about Rory is, you know, his short game's probably not the weakest part of his game. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, he has ups and downs in every facet. Uh, you know, he's not Tiger. But uh, throughout his career, his, his, his short game's probably been his weakest part of his game. And I think uh, missing a lot of fairways uh, wildly has led to some of that. You know, he talked about uh, trying to get some more distance and using, you could tell that sort of mess with his game off the tee a little bit, which doesn't really make sense since he's one of the longest best drivers in the world for the last decade plus. Uh, but I do like the move to a cut. Uh, I think it limits the wild misses um, and, and it can keep him and it will eventually lead him to hitting more greens. Uh, and then when he puts like he did on this past week, I mean, he's going to win. I mean, anyone puts like he did, this past week, they're going to win. Um, I think he the, the, he had the least amount of fairways hit uh, for a winner in like five years, something like that. Uh, and the thing about this is we've seen this happen uh, at Wells Fargo before. If you listen to my course preview last week, I mean, a lot of guys who finished highly in, in that tournament, um, they ended up missing a lot of fairways. So uh, it made sense. Uh, it didn't really have to be extremely accurate. Now, I did jump on Rory 18-1 on Friday. Uh, after I heard all of the talk about, you know, his drive and his, you know, feeling more confident and working with Pete Cowan. So uh, I like that number. I'm happy that I got 18 to one of the PGA championship. I, I heard a rumor that you could find that somewhere today uh, online um, on some book, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to find. I, he's, I think a lot of books have him as the favorite, like 10 to one, nine to one, uh, 11 to one right now, uh, which I still think is probably worth it because the last time he played Kiwa, he won by eight strokes. So uh, it seems like something that, can, that he can definitely <laughs> dominate. Um, yeah. You know, other than that, you know, you saw Keith Mitchell. I mean, another guy who was just exceptional off the tee. Uh, he was hitting a lot of fairways. And one thing I didn't realize is how long Mitchell is off the tee. The guy can poke it uh, out there. It was really impressive seeing him do his thing. Um, you know, so, you know, Hovland again up there once again, one of my cash game cornerstones. And I did say that I was going to change the way I went about my cash game cornerstones didn't really pan out too well since Willie Z missed a cut um, and um, Shank, my, my, my punt play missed a cut. If you missed last week's show, uh, the way I'm going about it is I'm, I'm going to try and find three guys uh, who I like, who I think can win, or at least top five, uh, top three, you know, that I wouldn't mind betting on uh, in those ranges. Uh, numbers be damned. Uh, and then one punt play. And I'm doing that again this week and getting a cash line up this week is pretty damn tough. The, 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 the pricing is really tight. Uh, and everything. What do you think about what did you think about last week and uh, um, other aspects of this week coming up? Yeah, for those stick around for the the cash plays. They're certainly off the wall. I got a chance to hear them before we get on here live. So yeah. uh, I like I love the new strategy though, brother. I think it's a good call. Well, here's the thing. I didn't finish. You know, Hov, I only had three or six make the cut. Um, Hovland finished what third? Second, uh, that or, a third, third. Right up to- yeah, and that was enough. I was only within like twenty five points. Yeah, uh, of cut of the cash line, you know, with the guy just in third place. If he wins, I probably still win the cash, but really close. Oh, uh, and one sure. of my other, and one of my other guys, um, you know, if they made the cut, you know, it would have worked out. Uh, and I just think upside is the play in cash now. Uh, like last week again, single digit six of six. Um, I think there was only I think it was like thirty five percent, thirty three percent, five or six or better. Uh, so it's just getting tougher and tougher to get six six through. 
um, you know, even though the cut moved to plus two and you had Bryson, you know, fly back from Dallas uh, to, to make it. And you had like 79 people make the cut, which is a lot more normal. Um, but I still think it's difficult to get that. Even with that, it was still single digits. Uh, yeah. So that just shows how difficult it's getting to get six to six through um, a lot of players. A lot of players are missing consistency in their game uh, that we've seen a little bit more of in the past. But I think a lot of that has to do with the top 70 in ties being dropped at the top 65 in ties. So that's how I'm going about casting it this week. A little bit wilder, a uh, couple of wild cards in there but th- that's how i'm going with cash now we'll see we'll, 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 we'll try for the next few months if it fails we'll have to go back to the drawing board but this is what i'm going to do for cash from now on go ahead Tamar. yeah no i like it like i said i think it's good for mme as well when you think about it upside is king right now some of the you know i'm reviewing the lineups every mondays over at roto grinders a free show that you can check out and just go on there and basically look at it but five out of sixes are getting to the top of these leaderboards more and more often when you you got to pound in some of these guys like list Mitchell, Wise, going back to this week, guys that sort of came through, just pounding that upside. Yeah, they're going to fail you a lot of times, but when they hit, they can hit big for you. And then in some cases, even if your last guy in your six of six is horrible, or if you just have a five out of six, I mean, in cash, that's going to be perfect. In GPPs, though, I'm saying those are still climbing their way up to the top, especially in the higher dollars, smaller field entry things. So um, as far as this week goes, the thing about Roy was this too. I saw this stat Justin Ray posted. I thought it was pretty interesting because I know the putter was the talk of the week, but uh, top three in the field and driving distance, top three in greens and regulation. And then of course, scrambling and putting where, where, where we, everyone was talking about, but it's kind of funny back to the point you mentioned and where he, you know, the, the classic interview question where he kind of admitted to chasing Bryson a little bit, he was looking for longer distance than what he's able to do out of that rough here. He missed a bunch of fairways, but he was still top three in length hit all the greens like you need to, and then made, made his putts. Any tournament where Rory's making putts, there's going to be trouble uh, for the rest of the field. And with the guys that he had up there with him, I liked his chances at least going into Sunday based upon that. Other guys, like you said, Answer and Hovland, these guys are just knocking at the door every single week. I wish they were here this week, but uh, we'll, we'll get on them for the PGA Championship. Regardless of price and ownership, I'm kind of hoping Hovland especially comes in at a, a big DraftKings price for the for the PGA championship and people want to move off them just a little bit right if just because they can't play everyone in a range or something like that I don't think I'll get my my wish but uh, you know other guys Reed did his thing wise Bryson you know the ad nauseum with the you know flight conversation like yeah he flew home he's private jet he chilled out for six hours he flew back like cool but yeah. uh, you know, it, good, good for him. He's just that good. And we're going to definitely talk about him this week. This is uh, shaping up to be a big Bryson week. I can't wait to get into this one. Any other thoughts for the week there, Kenny? I, I thought you named it perfectly. You talked about it a little on Twitter, I think with the Rory swing change, I, I think it was somebody mentioned that when DJ or, or I forget who made the change and went just to that purely and then just went on a massive run. I thought it was DJ, but maybe, you know, a little more about that. Yeah, it was DJ. I mean, I can pull that up real quick while I pull it up. Um, I think one of the, uh, one of the things I liked about last week, and we could think about when we see him as Patrick Reed, uh, basically a miscut means nothing for him the week after. Uh, the one thing that guy misses is, is a little bit of consistency in this game. But like, if he misses a cut, you could just basically ignore that the next week. It doesn't really matter at all. Uh, and he finished, what, in sixth place uh, this past week. So, uh, yeah, it's just something to think about when it comes to, to Reed. Okay, so DJ, he yeah. went strictly cut off the tee around March 2016, uh, he, when he turned 32 years old, um, you know it was. And since then, it's been he's played in 110 events, uh, 16 wins, 35 top threes, nine missed cuts, won a U.S. Open right after the switch. Uh, before 
March 16th, March of 2016, he played 200 events, nine wins, 19 top threes, 34 missed cuts. Uh, Rory's now 32. Chains to cut off the tee. Um, you know, I, I said if he didn't win Quail Hollow, it, his next start would it would be the PGA Championship, and that would have been his 28th start. And um, I think uh, DJ won in his 28th start after the uh, the switch as well. So uh, that sort of fucked up my narrative a little bit uh, by around with Rory winning this past week. But it was pretty damn close. You see what happened uh, when it comes down to it. So, yeah, uh, you know, DJ he became number one. Uh, and I, getting Rory at 18-1, I was very, very happy with on Friday. I put a bunch And, of and the, the thing about Rory, too, the chance for the 20-5 and five club at the PGA Championship is pretty insane. It'll be his 20th win on tour and also his fifth major, fifth major at the yeah. same time. So yeah. that's, uh, you know, I like you said, just the game is working all around. I'd imagine the irons and the, the driver gets straightened out even a little bit more. It's just that much more dangerous than what we just saw in this past weekend. So well, certainly excited saw, for that. But uh, and you definitely was, saw him, you saw him, you know, win on a course where he's won twice. Uh, you know, the last time Lake Kiwa, he won by eight fucking strokes. So, yeah. so I, you know, he's going back to another course that he's from more, probably more familiar with than the majority of people in the field. I mean, when was it the Kiwa last? 2012. Uh, it's been almost 10 years. Uh, I would say 90% of the golfers, 80% of the golfers in the field next week never played the course. Uh, and the thing's going to be a freaking monster. Uh, what, 7,700 yards, 7,800 yards, uh, depending on the wind right on the coast. All right, Charleston, get that whole area of South Carolina. It can get windy uh, out there. I mean, yeah, and it was tough conditions. And, you know, yesterday, Rory won with minus 10. It was a tough course. Uh, I think that might have been his first victory ever. European, or not one of his first victories. Uh, I, I, I had this stat a few weeks ago, so I can't, I don't have it off the top of my head, but uh, I would say like 90 to 95% of Rory's wins have been like minus 15 or better. I don't think he's ever won an event where the winning score was minus 12 or worse. Uh, so that's something that was really big in my mind coming this week with Rory. Rory winning on a non-Birdie Fest type of course when he changes his swing. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty big fucking deal. Uh, winning at minus 10. And, you know, if he birdied. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, he was right there, minus 12 too. So he could have not messed up that record, but I mean, he had the bogey hit the water. That was sort of a ballsy play on 18 as well. Uh, you know, taking the drop, uh, the didn't, didn't yeah. matter when you're hitting all the greens though, right? You yeah, knew he's hitting yeah, the greens. So yeah. he just two putted out and two make it happen. like 50 feet though. I mean, it yeah. wasn't like an easy ass two putt, you know what I'm saying? So that putter, that putter was nice. So uh, lots of stuff going on with Rory. It, it was good to see him back. Um, uh, you know, getting that victory, not my favorite player on tour. Um, but you know, people love him and I think he's great for the game. Uh, what are we talking about next? Should we go? You got anything else to say about that? No, no. I think we go to Listener League or? All right, let's go to the Listener League. We got Nutsky Mikel. I feel like he's won before. I feel like Nutsky has won before. Uh, I am not sure. His avatar looks like Doug the Pug uh, with holding some type of video in his hand. Um, I'm sure Cust would be happy with that. I don't know if you guys listen <laughs> to Pat, but it looks like Doug the Puck out there. Uh, so he started with uh, Joaquin Neiman, uh, one of my Caskey Cornerstones. I finished uh, minus one in 18th place, uh, 67 points, 30.4% owned. Hovland, one of my Caskey Cornerstones, about 25% owned, 90.5 points, uh, tied for third. Uh, Matt Wallace, one of my favorite plays last week. Uh, 20.8% owned. See, look at it. I talk all this, and this guy won. And the first three guys, like three of my favorite plays. And I I did our IGBPs. 
I didn't win cash, but I won in GBPs like 20 bucks. So it wasn't like a horrible week. Still lost for the week, uh, but I'll take it. Uh, Matt Wallace, 20.8% uh, finished in six. He had a pretty horrible Saturday, which really led to a little bit of a downfall. Uh, he was right up there, though. Fleetwood, which is sort of surprising, less than 400% owned, finished in 14th, minus two. 69 points Bubba who was playing really well until what he went six over on his last two holes cost him like half a million dollars or something like that uh it cost a lot of people a lot of money as well um finishing 18th uh 74.5 points um and he was 12.16 percent on Keith Mitchell uh, again who had a oh, great week he looked really good off the team and it was impressive uh finished in third uh, eight under 98.5 points, 2.4% on what's that? I might dial some Keith Mitchell back up this week here, but uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, no, I thought the lineup was good. Nutsky McCall, by the way, first, third, and ninth. Really wanted that Bryson hat. Shout out to DraftKings for throwing that in. I know they're working that out on the back end. He got himself a Bryson DeChambeau autographed hat. So I'm not sure if it's going to be a hat or, you know, what it, what it's going to be exactly a Bryson style, but like, a, uh, like, the, like the old school, what's it called? The, the, like the a beret? Yeah. Like the thing Biggie wears, I forget what they're called. Uh, I, I hear Who what knows? You're saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying though. Right. So yeah, I'm sure uh, he'll get set up proper with that, but yeah, he really went after it for a certain night. This lineup here, just solid all around. Some guys that, you know, not many were on in Fleetwood. Uh, no one really wanted to play Mitchell, even though he'd been playing some pretty good golf. I know the team event was sort of thrown out a little bit, but other than that, he was still okay. And, and so, yeah, the rest of it makes sense. Hovland, Neiman, uh, love those guys last week. Answer was another guy I like. He doesn't have him here, but I'm just saying like those type of plays, Hovland, Answer, Neiman, guys that you can just dial in pretty much any tournament and, and get some good, uh, you know, ceiling out of them, if you will. So I think that this was good all around. We'll see Nutsky Mikel in the four-man this week. I think we're going to run it back with Big Easy. 952 i believe it was uh just because he he missed from the week before i think right yeah we had uh the, the winner from before the zurich on and he didn't play in our four-man so our four-man was canceled so we're gonna get big easy back on uh yeah. let's do another four-man this week with nutsky mikhail and doug the pug um so all right so let's <laughs> let's get to this week uh the pga tour heads back to texas for the byron nelson classic from tpc craig ranch this court this event has changed courses a bunch in the last few years um this is the first time the tours played here but there have been a couple of corn Ferry tour events back in 2008 2012 a handful of players uh in this week's field played at least once in those two events including like leesman list han a few others i really am not taking too much into that but the winning score was around minus 18 minus 16 and that was when it was a par 71 uh so i do think this week you're going to see mid to high i say high teens win maybe even 20 under just depends on especially with the par fives and we'll talk about i'll talk about that in a second but unless the winds pick up it is texas you never know they can get crazy so we'll see how that goes um there are plenty of golfers in the field with ties to texas uh, the most notable speech scheffler willie z bryson sergio fratelli palmer muñoz ortiz and kang um, weather, of course, like I said, normally plays a big part in Texas. It looks like Wednesday night could bring some rain, which might make the course softer and longer early on. And of course, you know, Texas winds should be in play. Uh, check the forecast as late as you can before making your lineups. So you can see if there will be a wave advantage. We saw last week how important that could be with the PMAM wave having around a two stroke advantage through the first two rounds. Uh, 
TPC Craig Ranch is a 7,500-yard par 72 with the traditional four par fives and four par threes. Half of the par fours are fairly long, measuring between 450 and 500 yards. It looks like these will be some of the most difficult holes on the course, along with the three par threes over 200 yards. Uh, there are a couple of shorter par fours, which could be drivable uh, off the tee. Uh, the par fives look to be gettable with only one reaching a 570-yard mark. We should see a lot of birdies and some eagles, especially if it's really soft out there. Uh, the long guys are going to hit those drives, you know, 310, 315 in the air. Some of them will only have, like, you know, depending on the pin location uh, and stuff like that, you know, less than 200 yards uh, for their approach. So, you know, for some of these long guys, 200 yards is like seven. So you, I think you can see so some eagles this week. Off the tee golfers see somewhat generous rolling fairways uh, that have some trees and a bunch of bunkers in play. Water isn't playing about 13 holes. We're not talking about like huge Florida-like ponds. Uh, a creek runs through the majority of the course, so golfers will have to really miss their spots to get wet. Uh, also, the trees don't seem to be that close to the edge of the fairways and are sporadic in nature, which leads me to believe that accuracy off the tee won't be a huge part, uh, but distance will be more of a key uh, for success. Uh, one quirk to, the, quirk to the fairways is the zoysia grass that covers them, uh, more prevalent in Australia and Asia, and often leads to flyers for those without experience on them. Uh, on approaches, golfers will see above average size bent grass greens. Bunkers will be in play, but we will probably see a high green regulation rate for, uh, for the week, unless the winds really pick up. I think the winners of the Corn Ferry Tour events were like around 80% uh, greens and regulation. Uh, not too sure about the contouring and speed of the greens yet. Uh, I'll probably add some of that information uh, on Wednesday in my write-up. Uh, overall, it looks like length off the tee and strong iron play, especially from 175 to 200 yards. Uh, and 200 yards plus will be the keys to success here. If you think about it, um, you know, the, the four par three, the four par fives, three par threes over uh, 200 yards. You got those five long par fives, par fours. You're looking at probably eight to 10 shots from 175 and above uh, would be my guess. Um, I don't think golfers are short game deficiencies. will have too many issues this week. Uh, like I said, it was a pretty elevated green regulation rate uh, during the corn Ferry tour event, unless the wind picks up. So that's something you're going to have to check up um, again. I'll add more to the course Wednesday in my write-up. Tambo, what are you looking for in, in golfers? Yeah. Lots of uh, things you just mentioned there, Kenny. I think the big thing is there's a lot of, you know, no one's really seen the course for, you know, course history stuff, people are going to go back to the 2008, 2012 nationwide, some of the corn Ferry tour second stage stuff, like you mentioned, but like, imagine saying this guy back in 2008 did this. So let's get on. Like, that's just not going to be in there. It's good for narratives. It's good for some tidbits of guys that, you know, have seen the course before. Sure. But you know, it's one of those, it's like Kang Kang's a member here. He won the last Byron Nelson, but for me, man, I'm just going with the guys. I think that can score that, you know, the fairways are a little bit wider. Ryan Palmer was interviewed today talking about playing it a bunch of times, not to talk about Palmer as a play just yet, but just to give you an example, he brought it up and just said, you know, comes down to putting, man, you're going to hit those greens. Who's going to make those putts. So uh, there's a lots of, there's lots of opportunity out there for these guys. But I think, you know, with those four par fives, the drivable par fours, everything else, man, no typo, no, no mispronunciation here, but the AT&T Bryson Nelson is going to be, it's going to be happening. So we can use that to get into the top. I think Bryson is just a smash play. Of course, uh, just if everybody doesn't know if you're living under a rock, D Dustin Johnson was doing backflips off boats on Paulina's IG over the weekend, but he got a little knee discomfort and had to withdraw. So we won't be seeing DJ made the decision even easier. I always like to, to play a little DJ, but uh, this was a spot where, you know, I was just feeling Bryson right from the get go. You know, I looked at the course, the overview, the little, uh, you know, over the flyover videos of it, man. And it just looks like it reminded me a little bit of the rocket mortgage 
where him and Wolf just bullied the course. Again, way weaker field there. Here's not that strong once you get beyond the top, but it's a lot of names we'll know and love. So uh, I think the ownership will still be dispersed some, but Bryson's certainly going to be popular and for good reason. Uh, I just, you know, can't get away from him. Rom is the other guy that I like up there. And then, you know, we could play a little Spieth too. I don't play Decky over 10K and especially not after a double quarantine back-to-back with Japan and everything that he had going on after he won the Masters. So congrats again to him. But I think uh, that's what I'll leave alone. I'm not sure burger really what to do with him but i really like bryson and rom at the top rom disappointed some last week but uh, way heavier on bryson what about yourself oh well, first off i want to talk about the pricing here it seems it seems tight it seems tough i think bryce i think uh jeff did a pretty good job and it made it really difficult for me to pick a cash lineup uh, especially with the new strategy i have and you can tell with my fourth play the punt play it's going to be a wild week uh when it comes down to it but uh my my i want to go on speed with my first cash game cornerstone um, I'd like to go Bryson, but it's just, I can't go 11 K. Uh, I, I don't mind going 10 K anymore, uh, in this with this new strategy I have, but 11 K just leaves it a little bit too tough, especially when the bottom half of the field is not that strong. And I want three guys up top, uh, that I can play that I think can win or top five. So speed is going to be my, my guy, uh, Texas native used to the winds, uh, you know, his weakness is driving off the tee, off the tee, of course, and it's not going to be too much of a, of a factor when it comes down to it this week um because you know unless he misses wildly and then they don't have some problems but as long as he misses just a little bit i think he should be fine we've seen him he's been playing some of the best golf we've seen in the last what three years uh in the last i'd say four or five months so i have no problem starting with speed at ten thousand seven hundred. uh rom i like a lot i think last week's mc was a little bit um blurry just because you, you know he was in that bad weather wave uh he was still like top 10 in in ball striking uh for the week uh, he just couldn't put a chip worth a damn. Uh, and, you know, that that type of stuff in the short game can always go up and down, especially with these top-level guys. Uh, but I'm with you. I think Ron and Bryson are going to be the two GPP plays I play up top. Uh, Ron models out first in my model. Uh, you know, his long irons are probably the best in the field when it comes to uh, the, the top 10 or the 10K and up. Uh, so I'm probably going to load up more on Ron. And Bryson, and depending on Bryson's ownership, if Bryson's like twenty five percent, get fifty or more, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, don't, I think <laughs> I want. I think I want fifty Rom. I just got a feeling about Rom. I think he's going to bounce back after what twenty made cuts. He misses his cut. I'm not too worried about that. Now, when you go down a little bit lower, my second cash game cornerstone is Willie Z. But here's the catch on Rosal Torres. I'm a little bit more worried about his miscut last week uh, than I was than I am about Rom. Uh, first off, Willie Z was in the and this I'm I'm counter arguing myself because he is my cash game cornerstone. Uh, I think he could bounce back, but if he fails this week, it's something to look at for Willie Z uh, because you know prior to 2020, I mean the guy had one top five in his career. I think uh, you know and on the Corn Ferry Tour and like a shit ton of missed cuts. Uh, what he's done in the past uh, year and a half, excluding the quarantine or excluding the 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 the, the those pause in play for Corona. Um, has been amazing. And I, I'm hoping that, you know, the last week was just something that was just off playing a really difficult course. It gets back to Texas, his home state. Um, so, so I'm hoping that gets back because again, Willie's second in my model uh, in the last 50 rounds with a strong approach prey and even better with his longer irons than John Rahm um, in the last 50 rounds in this field. Uh, also the best par five player. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Duncan. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, 
because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or re-hung? Enjoy a medium, hotter iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. In this field, in the last 50 rounds, tied with Tadeki uh, and Ryan Palmer. Um, when, yeah, and Ryan Palmer when it comes down to it. So I'm going back to Willie Z. I'm a little hesitant, though, uh, about that. I almost went Leachman or Scheffler instead, and I wouldn't hate those two plays. The only problem with Scheff is his longer irons aren't the best, uh, especially from 175 to 200. I think he's bottom, bottom, you know, 30 in the field uh, it, from 175 to 200. Um, but, you know, in the last 50 rounds. So that worried me a little bit. That's why I didn't go chef. He was initially my, in, in my cash lineup, but I looked at the stats a little bit more and that worried me. And I'm, I'm going to play him in GPPs. He's got that Texas narrative and I'm going to play Kepka uh, in GPPs as well. I think 9,900 being the seventh highest price golfer in this field. I think it's value in that now six uh, when you take DJ out of it. I think there's value when it comes to that. I think he's going to be healthy. I got no problem uh, playing. I'm not worried about his injury. Um, you know, he played well for one round of the Masters and then before he fell off a little bit, I think his knees has been three weeks. Hopefully it's a little bit more healthy and I, I don't mind him at that price. And I like him at that number. Um, I got him at 23 to one. That was before the DJ or after the DJ withdrawal. So uh, I, I, I like him as well. Who do you like? Yeah, I looked at him this morning, actually, from a betting perspective, was thinking that. But then I looked also at the pricing and, you know, with Willie Z right there, I think Berger could still get a little love. You know, everybody that's around him, I just thought, like you just said, maybe play him here, right? I think Willie Z is always a good play. He flash the upside. 9,700 when you can get Brooks at 99, though. I don't, I don't know where the, the masses will go, but I feel like Brooks is a pretty good value there at 9,900. So uh, if you can call it value up in this top range. So I don't, I don't hate that. I really like Scheffler, who you just mentioned, don't really care about. The long irons, I know they're important here, but at the same time, I just, you know, when you talk about a, a course that looks like this with all the scoring upside, it's, you know, you're going to get a little bit of a boom bust there. In that case, if the irons are, are off, we're in trouble, but at 9,400, still fair to me for a guy that can go out and is looking to get that win. So uh, I like him. Burns stands out to me for the same reason, you know, most probably won't want to go back. Maybe I know he just got his win and, and everything, but uh, I, I still think it's a good spot to go back to him when any course four par fives, all these opportunities out there. I think he's in play. And then, you know, I mentioned Palmer earlier. I'm guessing though, he's going to get super popular just based on that. I actually hit him with a bet. I'll talk about it later, 50 to one, but uh, you know, what about Leishman? Because Leishman was sort of, you know, you talked about the Zoysia grass and then also the fact that uh, he was right there. Remember when uh, the Aaron Wise got snubbed different course, but similar, you know, style in Texas, Byron Nelson, everything that went with it. Um, you know, when, when wise got snubbed with his girlfriend at the end, when he couldn't get the kiss, that was when Leishman was right with him there. Right. So you think Leishman can do anything here? Yeah, he was, I just, I was tempted to have him in cash. It's just, he's been so inconsistent. Uh, that's the only reason, but I, again, I, I, that's sort of the old cash me coming back. So I don't hate Leishman at all. And again, I mean, the Willie Z pick can change. I think by Wednesday, the more I look into it, um, I probably won't get no Sheffield, but it would be, Willie Z or Leishman as of now it's still Willie Z and I'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes in my write-up when I when I do my final cash game cornerstones on Wednesday so uh, we'll see how that goes but yes I do like Leishman um, this week eh, I don't know I'm arguing myself about those two I think I'm going to stick with Willie Z I'm going to give him one more chance but I do worry about him just a little bit last two weeks that he's played he hasn't looked as great um, he was in the good weather wave this past week 
uh, and missed and missed the cut. So I think it's something to worry about if he if he underperforms this week because once again, what he's done in the last year year plus is sort of an aberration from what his career was beforehand. And I know he's young. Uh, I know he could have picked something up, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate it. Like I said, I just that's why I brought him up. I guess the the other guys I wonder about are like what about Matthew Fitzpatrick? Can he score enough? I like I like Matthew in more difficult events, and I don't think this is going to be as difficult. The only thing about him is I think ownership will be extremely low on him. I think he yeah. might be the lowest owned ten nine k and up. So from a game game theory perspective, it's not like he's been playing bad. Uh, from a game theory perspective, I think he can make a good play. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, cool. I, I we can move on. I just thought I'd bring those guys up because uh, you know this range is definitely a little bit wider this week, right? We do have a few more guys in there, so eight guys. Uh, you know, got to pick through them and and pick correctly, right? So uh, I think we can move on from there. Um, Eighty nine hundred and down. Kenny, starting with Jason Day. What are you doing there? Ah, uh, man, I'm not the biggest fan of this range, but I will do my third cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Thomas Peters again. I'm going a little bit buck wild. Uh, this week, you know, I'm going Peters. I, I think he has top five potential. Uh, and that's something I'm looking for top five winning potential with my first three cash game cornerstones. That's the way it's going to be. His iron play is always the best part of his game. He's pretty good with his longer irons, long enough off the tee. And I think length should be helpful uh, this week. Uh, and so I, I do like Peters. Uh, I think he's had what four straight top 15s uh, on the European tour and the PGA tour combined. So Peters will be my third cash game cornerstone. Uh, this week, uh, I could get him back on Aaron Wise a little bit. Uh, he played well last week. Length is still there. Uh, Iron game strong. Charles Schwartzel, uh, a guy that I like last week. Uh, now this is the part of the of uh, of the of the tiers where it starts getting a lot weaker. Paying eighty one hundred dollars to Charles, a little bit weird, but I think his game is coming back, and I think you can get some decent low ownership on Charles. Uh, so I like Charles, and I'll play Keith Mitchell again. I'm down with that. Who do you like? I like the Peters call actually to start with, um, you know, he's the one I, I teased you about your, your cash game cornerstones, but he's certainly fine. I think, like you said, just the upside, the ability, anytime he's come out on the PGA tour, a couple different, I know it's, you know, a couple of years now, but you know, PGA tour championship showed up uh, Byron Nelson in itself, a couple of years back showed up. And then the recent results have been at, uh, you know, Corrales and things like that, where, uh, Puerto Rico open places. So if, even if the wind wants to pop up, those can be some windy spots. Texas can be windy. Uh, he's long off the tee, can score on those power fives. We've seen him, you know, I like him even as a, I'm going to mark it down right now. I didn't bet this. I didn't bet a lot this week, but I could like him for like a first round leader bet, right? Depending on the waves and stuff, we got to wait and see on weather and all that, but he just can come out on a, in a tournament hot. We've seen it at the masters before him do it. Like he, he can do that. So I like Thomas Peters there quite a bit. Other guys I like are sticking with from last week, Luke list and Aaron wise. I'm going to keep playing them. I don't think the ownership is going to be enough there where it's like, oh, those are just got super owned now because of last week. They, the bottom line is I don't really care. They've been playing good golf. They fit the course. They suit it. They're long. They can score. Upside is there. You know, if you don't want to play them both together, then that's up to you and, and maybe split it up that way. But uh, I, I don't even mind having both of them in the same lineup together. So I like list wise. I, I like your call on Schwartz. So a little hesitant, but I, I don't hate it. I like him more than like a, a Kuchar there or something. And then talked about the top, but like these two at the bottom for me, uh, tough to pick from, but Mitchell just carrying it over from last week, as you mentioned, looked pretty good uh, for most of the tournament. Even on Sunday, he gave Rory a little bit of a run on a couple holes there after he, he didn't just fall apart. Let's just say it that way, right? He, he was doing his best to stay in there. It's not someone you expect 
to go on and close out a tournament when he's leading after round, you know, three, you're not with that two stroke lead. Didn't matter to me. I didn't think, Oh, this is a shoe in that Mitchell's going to go and win. I thought of it as one whole double bogey and he's right back to the field and then he's in big trouble and he held his own. So I don't mind that. And then camp champ is just, again, maybe a boom bust play to most, but uh, the upside is there, man. When you're talking about scoring length, all those factors. And then, you know, the wins he's won on tour. So it's not like a, a surprise if he shows up there on Sunday can get you top five or whatever it might be when you're talking about building those upside lineups. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the seven K range. One of the guys I like here, Carlos Ortiz, another Texas guy uh, out there. Um, really good with his longer irons, good on par fives. He was in contention until Sunday. He just exploded. Uh, but I mean, so I mean, his what 49th place, 50 place finish, a little bit weird uh, because he did play really good for three rounds. Um, you know, he's a good score on DraftKings, I think 15th and DraftKings points in the field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, you know, long enough, just sneaky long off the tee and accurate as well. I think he's 30th in the field in driving distance, top 20 in strokes and off the tee. So, you know, he, he, that blend of accuracy, which you probably won't need that much, but he has a length uh, as well. So I like Ortiz. I like him as a bet at one. He's already won this year. Uh, so I do like that number. Uh, Munoz, another Texas guy. Again, iron plays strong, really good long irons, really good par five score, just like Ortiz basically fits that same narrative. Um, so I like Munoz up here, Seaweed Doug. Um, I'll go ahead and give him a chance. It's just, man, his putting is so bad. Like, it's like the worst. It's, it, but again, we see it with these type of guys who are shitty-ass putters, sometimes like Keegan a few weeks ago, Hideki, you know what I'm saying, winning the Masters. When the ball striking is good, one at Morikawa, you know, one good average putting week, and he can fly off the leaderboard. So I like him. Who do you like in the top range? Yeah, that's why um, when I was talking about it earlier with uh... – a guy like Scheffler, even like if he just gets hot with the putter or whatever, that's where I'm, I'm always going to play those types of guys just in, in case. Right. But uh, I like Gooch. I, I like your Ortiz call. Just, you know, you mentioned it, but he's a guy I've always played in this sort of price range. It's a little bit up there. Used to him being like 75, 71, but it's not going to change over 7,800. And the thought process stays the same with the, the upside is especially with him when he makes the cut, he can give you a lot more than, you know, even his score, his finishing position because he does score. And that's what we would expect to see here. Taylor Gooch, no different. I'm going to stick with him. Uh, A lot of upside, a lot of firepower. I think he's a good play. In this range, Russell Knox, interestingly enough, not one you would think of, but if you just look at his numbers from last week, he was playing some pretty good golf. More of a grinder, so I could see if he didn't want to go there. Uh, another play almost identical to, or basically I put Ortiz, uh, Cam Davis when he's in the field, like last week, and then s- this other guy here, Sebastian Munoz. That's three guys I think of you know, very similar in the sense of, again, you know what you're getting when you play them. But when they're on, man, I, I called Munoz the smiling assassin. This guy's always having fun out there. And when he's putting up numbers, you know, he can go really low and he could definitely be in the mix of a 20 under type tournament. So I think he's in play. You mentioned Doug Gim. Don't hate it. Ben Martin played okay on Sunday. I made a little note of that. Um, you know, what's going on with Doc Redmond though? Before we get to these bottom range guys here, uh, any, any love for the Doc, man? He's, he's been I mean, really, really a disappointing season. I mean, if you yeah. think about it, he was, there was a lot of, there was a little bit of hype for a doc coming into this year. He just hasn't lived up to it. Uh, you saw some glimpses, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was a couple of rounds. He played really well. Um, but I may, I don't know. Maybe the hype got to his head. I really have no idea what's going I know, on. I, I was always lumping him in with Burns, right? Like Redmond and Burns were like two guys that I was always like, okay, here we go. We're going to see what happens. And Burns has just really turned it on. Obviously the win, but before that he's been pressing at plenty of tournaments. So just haven't seen it at a doc, but I mean, this, is how, think- this is how bad it is with Doc. I want to play Pat and Kazire over Doc. And I, I would love <laughs> See, to. I, I love Pat and Kazire this week. I think he's cast viable. Uh, Iron game strong. 
well above average with the long irons, well above average on par five scoring, you know, top 20 in the field, the birdies have better game in the last 15 rounds uh, in the last 50 rounds. That's including drafting points too, top 15 uh, in that sort of sneaky point score when it comes to DraftKings. I think the upside is there uh, for him in cash and in GVPs uh, this week. I, I couldn't use him as my fourth cash game cornerstone because that would have left me like, like, 13-5 or something like that. So that's that's just too hard for, for you guys to go out there and try and pick uh, a couple of low guys. So, But, I mean, you can tell he's probably going to be in my cash lineup. I was just going to uh, say, th- things you love to see on this podcast uh, is when yeah, Kenny's giving yeah. out his fifth man. Yeah, so yeah, we only, yeah. now you just got to figure out his sixth, guys. Plug yeah. it in. Go back. Yeah, the thing, and find the thing out. is, I haven't figured out my six yet. So there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't no. know who, who the six is going to be. Good. I was just saying, also, you haven't given them the fourth guy yet. So when they plug him in, they're going to be like, oh, shit, I don't, I really don't like this lineup. So they're going to yeah. get out of here when they hear who your fourth yeah. guy is. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure my lineup won't be duplicated in cash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even, even giving the five out. Uh, it's definitely, definitely weird. Uh, this week, other guys this week in, in, in the slow 7K range, John Catlin, three events, one, uh, you know, in the European tour for the last year. Uh, shit, I'm, I'm on board. Vegas, another Texas guy. I'll throw him in the lump. Um, Snedeker, guy's been playing good golf. Um, I like him. I, he's, he would have been my sixth guy, except I'm a hundred dollars short uh, when it comes to Sneds. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I do like Snedeker. He's been playing a lot better. Game looks looks like an upward swing. Uh, what about you in this range? <clears throat> John John Catlin, man, the deserving Ricky Fowler. The, he was the other sponsors exemption to get into the PGA Championship when everyone was up in arms about how the hell did Ricky get in there? And it was it turned out they just you know gave him an invite. But John Catlin's won three times on the Euro Tour, so uh, yeah, the deserving Ricky Fowler is a good nickname for him. I do like Vegas going back to him. Another guy just compounded off the tee, score well, upside. Not the greatest week last week, but didn't disappoint by any means. I know just you know seven thousand last week went up to seventy two hundred. Didn't change much. Uh, Tom Hoagie. A guy I like to play, you know, similar to the my guys above where you just can get some real upside out of him, some scoring. Definitely like him. Uh, Patrick Rogers, still stick with him. Three out of four solid rounds really last week, man. I thought he was going to do something. Our guy, uh, Martin Sundog Monkey, he had him outright. I know that he was cheering for him and I was rooting for him. You know, I didn't have any interest there, but I, I thought in general, just to see him get a win. I know Noto has also over Roto Grinders been cheering for this guy for years. I was really hoping for him to come through, but Hey, maybe it's this week. And then what about going back to your guy, uh, Adam Shank? We go back to him at 7,100 too? Man, yeah, he hurt me a little bit. Uh, he was playing well until, you know, the second day and he missed a cut. And I thought he had a chance for a little bit of a comeback. Now, the one guy I did have in my cash game cornerstones last, or in my cash lineup last week was Naismith. And I think he braided like five of the last seven holes to make the cut, which oh, yeah. actually gave me a little bit of a chance. Hope, even though I only had three or six to make the cut. Uh, like I said, I was only about 25 points out of the cash uh, when it came down to that. So, um, but yeah, I, I, maybe, I mean, I, I, I'm probably not going to go down to the shank this week. Yeah. You need a lot of points this week too, right? So you can make, you, we're going to get into the 6k range in a second here. You can definitely hop in there and, you know, dip your feet in, but I think it's still, you know, I don't know if it's going to cut it. We'll talk about some guys. Cause it made me think of this, Kenny, you brought up Matthew Neesmith, and he did that, but so did a fellow Canadian, Michael Glidgick, and he did his thing. And then on Sunday, I loved him. Proposed, right? Yeah. Didn't he, like, like, propose to his wife, like, that week? I mean, now his career's over, but, I mean, good for him, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, I saw, and then on Sunday, I saw his scorecard, and it was, like, eagle, three birdies, and then, like, a double bogey, a double bogey, and three other bogeys to go with it. So, again, I don't know if that's going to be enough, but uh, when you get these guys at the bottom barrel prices, sometimes you like to take advantage. Uh, One last guy for me here, two last guys, I guess. Uh, Wyndham Clark certainly is a guy that I'll always play, just another one for 
courses like this that can stand out. I think he's got upside. And then last week, Vincent Whaley, man, he was getting a little hate. Uh, shout out to our guy, Epat. He he put, uh, I forget who he put in his sweat sheet. Always follow his stuff. You guys don't follow his newsletter, The Quick Nine. It's great as well. Get a lot of good little tidbits in there, but uh, give him a little shot here. He said, uh, I said he should go to Whaley. And he said, oh, Chalk Whaley, I'll let the Sharps have him. And then Whaley came in at 2.7% and made that cut and did some numbers. So I can go back yeah. to Whaley. I think it's more than enough at 7K if he's your last guy in or something like that. I'll take a shot with him. What do you think? I think he's made like eight cuts in a row. It's like top yeah. 10 in most cuts made on tour consecutive. Now, the pissed off thing about me was my, my final cash in Cornerstone last year came between Schenk and Whaley. And of course, uh, I fucking picked Shank, and I, because I did, I, I had Whaley written up as a possible cash play in my Wednesday article, and I didn't play him. So yeah, solid, uh, solid all around, always good off the tee. His last results: 26, 29, 34, 28, 36, 15. Like he basically is a top walking top top thirty five, top thirty. Yeah. So you know you can plug that in if he's your last guy in at seven thousand. You don't want to get crazy and dip down below, but take us into the. The range down here, Kenny, we got a lot of guys under 7K again. I think it's almost 100. I, I didn't count them up, but yeah, go ahead. T- talk to me about what we got down here in the 6K range. I like a Canadian brethren, uh, Roger Sloan at 6,900. Uh, oh, yeah. Long iron's good. Uh, you know, par five's good. He's made a few cuts in a row. Iron game's been really strong. Will Gordon, uh, long off the tee. I think that's basically about it. You'll see him pop on occasion. Uh, definitely a flyer when it comes down to it. It's boomer bust type guy jb holmes again with his length uh you, you saw him pop up uh, a few weeks ago in an event and one of my cash game cornerstone my final cash game cornerstone I'm going like i said a bit off the wall this week it's going to be tyler mccumber at 6400 dollars prior to his missed cup at the wells fargo uh 16th 33rd 22nd um in his prior three events and two of them were like no joke events it was the players and the Han, and he finished 18th the corrales uh you know a couple of top tens early on in the year um, at Corrales again, the, the one earlier uh, in, in, in September, uh, and Sanderson Farms. Uh, I think he's long enough off the tee. I, it's just going to be my punt play. I need to go down below 6,500 because my top three guys were so highly priced. Uh, so my four cash game cornerstones are going to be uh, Spieth at 10-7, Willie Z at 9-7, Peters at 8-6, eight, 8-6 six, eight, six or 8-7, one of the two, and then uh, McCumber at 6,400. It's going to leave you 14,600. Again, you can throw in the guy I talked about 7,300 as well if you want. And then I have no idea who, who the final guy is going to be. So we'll have to wait uh, for that. You might have sold me on Whaley. So I might have just given away my whole lineup this week. And DK can't be happy about that. But I still don't think it'll be duplicated that much because it is a little bit wild for cash. And that's just the way it's going to go for me. Um, other guys, Sun Kang, uh, I think there's a lot of Koreans that live in Texas. So it could be the week to play a bunch of Koreans. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, he's another guy that I, I I'll probably get on. Um, who do you like in this range? I like Tyler McCumber's first name. That might be about it though. So there we'll see go. about yeah, that, yeah. that lineup. That's uh, that's what all that's got going for it. I think, uh, going down here, a couple guys stood out. You, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, Sun Kang play. I, I don't know if that's a play or not. Like, uh, I bet him this morning at three fifty to one with the top five each way, just because of the little narrative. But I think that's as far as that will go and it's very unlikely to hit. So I wouldn't recommend yeah. tailing that. And what about Sean Stefani? Isn't he, don't we always have to play him in Texas? Isn't that a rule when it comes it down to $6,200? Always play Stefani in Texas, even though he sucks ass everywhere else. It might be worth worth a look uh, down there at 6200 
We'll give him a small tag here. Yeah, maybe maybe he's a guy. But uh, other guys, uh, you mentioned, uh, uh, you know, uh, guys in Texas. Danny Lee's in Texas. I like him. I think he's got upside at sixty seven hundred. Yeah. I like uh, Troy Merritt, especially in tournaments that go like twenty under. He just seems to always pop in those and just surprises everybody. And he's not really someone that gets on a lot of people's radar. So I, I do like him there a little bit above. I think if there ever was going to be a Will Gordon week, to your point, this would be the type that you would see him show up at. So he makes some sense. I, and then these are just like off the wall guys. I'm going to throw out there. If you like any, you can talk about them after or add more, but Kramer Hickok. I like him. Bronson Burgoon. Don't mind that. Michael Glidgick, who I just mentioned, just bouncing back doing his thing. Uh, definitely Mark Hubbard. I think he's a guy that can always pop. And then Scott Harrington showed up. If uh, you're looking at guys that can make a lot of Eagles, he's uh, he's one that I saw there. And then the very bottom of the barrel, Kenny, the last of it. And then I'll let you finish us out. Chris Baker, the birdie maker, hasn't done anything. There's nothing to go off here, but he's 6000 bucks. So if you want to make some of those lineups, I think he's a guy you could chuck into them. He can definitely score. And then the two of the four Monday Q guys that got through. So MJ Dafu, the Monday Q king. I'm sure you've heard of him by now. Three Eagles today to dust the field. He didn't even need the playoff. There was a seven for three playoff to get in, and he didn't even need that. So he, he just crushed him. He was at eight under. I think everyone else got to five. He made three Eagles. Uh, he always scores well. He just never puts it together in the actual event. He he qualifies all the time, but uh, I'll try him out. Any, any type of scoring track I'm going to play him at. And then Dylan, D- Dylan, Dylan Meyer, another guy, you saw the uh, reaction on Twitter, super pumped up to get into this event. And some probably won't remember him, but we played him a lot back in like 2018. I uh, did well at some of the, at least one of the majors he came through at. I, I know he got like a top 25 or top 30 there. And, and then uh, a couple other events, Sanderson farms, things like that, just scoring events right? This is what I'm going after. So, you know, those guys are off the wall, but just ones that you could take some shots on. Again, you don't really need to go down here too often, but in a big scoring event like this, it won't hurt you because as long as they get through and make the cut, they're going to score a bunch over the weekend or they should. Yeah. Uh, that's probably it for me. I mean, I'll probably throw a few more out there as week goes on, but uh, it's looking rough out here. And that's why it was so hard to make a cast lineup with this new strategy I got, but I did it. I will see how it goes. I mean, again, this is sort of a new thing for me. Uh, usually I'm all, I was all about the cut makers and, you know, the guys out there, but that's not just, just not the way it's been working for me. So I got to switch it up. We're going upside, crazy lineups, cash. That's how we rolling. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. Um, all right, let's get the bets uh, this week. I do have a six pack this week. I'm going to start right now. It, it was either going to be like Bryson and Rom and then like no one else or six other guys. I went with the six other guys. Uh, so I'm going to start <laughs> with uh, Kepka at 23 to one, Leishman at 35 to one, Peters at 71, Ortiz at 80 to one, Kazire at 125 to one, and McCumber at 400 to one. Don't hate it. McCumber, man, that's your guy this week. So we'll, That's my we'll guy this week, and he's going to shoot like plus 10 and miss the fucking cut, and it's going to be fucking horrible. But we'll see. We will see. We got to keep rolling with this way. I told myself this is the way I'm going to make cash. It is against every principle I've had, making cash lineups throughout my whole career, but we're fucking doing it. It's time for a fucking change. Yeah, I like it. I love it, actually. Uh, I got four bets. I got Bryson Hammer. 10 to one. Uh, it didn't drop much since DJ bowed out, but uh, it's still, I couldn't believe I, you know, I, I wanted that number right when I woke up. So that was the first bet I made of the week. Uh, Palmer 50 to one with the top five each way. Gooch 80 to one with the top five each way. And then Kang throw your money down the drain, 350 to one top five each way. That's the four that I've got 
for now. It may look like I said, I really like that Peter's first round leader bet. I'm going to find that one, hit that up right quick and go from there and see if I can add some more as the week goes on. All right. So one and done for me, I'm going Peter's. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I like that call, but I was just going to say this, uh, the two weeks I hedged in one and done was, Spieth because I was never playing him and then he goes on to win so I got him in one and done got the win and then last week with Rory did the same thing did oh well not shit you should be moving up two weeks I'm, two, I'm, you're, probably, still, you're probably up there somewhere like top, only gets you like top yeah it's like top 800 I got a long oh, yeah. ways to go yet still but uh you know that's just funny right sometimes I'll do it like that because I don't care that much about it. I got more to play on on DraftKings FanDuel etc so I'm trying to focus on that but uh, yeah, I don't know who it would be this week if you if you're thinking it that way. Maybe Matsuyama, throw him in there because uh, certainly probably not going to be playing him at ten three. But I think it's a big boy week. I already mentioned at the top, Rom Bryson dust the field and win this thing. You know, Bryson more than likely. That's who I'm going with. All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article every week on GupsCorner.com. Of course, PV's already out. I'm going to add a bunch more on Wednesday. I want to learn a little bit more about the course. I'll add my final cash game cornerstones, which I think are going to be the same. I don't know if I'm going to move from them. Uh, my favorite uh, uh, DFS plays in every single price range. Um, and then I will do my final betting card, which I don't think it's going to change either. Uh, so there, there you go. For this week, it's going to be pretty simple. Tyler. Yeah, go over there and find uh, his sixth man because you've already yeah, got the yeah. first five. Yeah, and... the, the sixth man will be on the list. So there you go. There you go. It's a solid deal. Yeah, you know, you guys know where to find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Add me there. Hit me up if you have any questions. Other than that, go to rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself signed up. Get 10 bucks off the first month. We've got the Tuesday night show with Notorious and STL cards with myself. And then Wednesday night this week, it's going to be myself and Notorious hopping on lineup HQ just to go through some of these builds and what it looks like the industry is doing out there when it comes to roster construction and just look over ways we can go against that and maybe beat the field and get some wins here. Kenny, I don't know. I, I can win at MMA and MLB, but I can't really win at PGA yet. So uh, LPGA too, throw that in there, but uh, yeah, can't get the PGA wins going right now. So hoping to turn around this week, get a little bit of momentum, not too much, and then ride the wins into uh, the PGA championship for the big week. Yeah, you need to shut the fuck up because I haven't won like a GVP in like a couple of years. I, I, I did win like a showdown GVP. <laughs> Showdowns. Uh, I won one in, in December in football, actually. But uh, yeah, so fuck you, Tyler. All right, so this week, not Tyler McComber, you. And so this week, we're going buck fucking wild in cash. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org.